Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Against all odds, the Blue Jackets enter the week with four straight wins despite a bevy of injuries up and down the roster. We'll talk about how they're doing it and how long we think it can last. I am Ryan Real. Joining us this week, we've got El Polito. Oh, hey, what's up? How's it going? And we've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, Ryan. How are you? Good, good. We hope everyone is enjoying the holiday holiday break, whether you're spending it with friends, family, whatever. We we hope you are enjoying it. And maybe, as Al Polito was saying, maybe this, this podcast provides some respite from the crazy holiday that you might be having. By the time you listen to this podcast, of course, you will have known what, it, what happened on Monday night against the Islanders. Again, we record this podcast on Monday nights. The past two weeks, they've won. They actually are 5-0 and this season on Mondays. It's rare that they play on Mondays, and so we, we can't not record on a Monday night. You might get some live some live reactions on the game as I have it playing at the same time. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll keep yeah. them. Why not? It'll be a, a little time we, We've done it the last couple of weeks when guys have randomly started scoring in the first period, so we might as well keep this tradition going as long as it lasts. <laughs> yeah, it's not like PD said in Cannon Blast, does not mess up a good thing. So, like we were talking about, yes, the Jackets have won four straight. They've taken points out of the last seven, and lately they've been rather convincing wins. Now, that said, despite the Capitals, none of those teams were really the 97 Red Wings. So, what are we taking out of the last week and the point streak as it stands while we record this? Wins are nice. It's always more fun to watch wins rather than watch losses. I know... At least Saturday night, the thumping over the New Jersey Devils took some of the edge off of uh, the Rams being eliminated from the playoffs on a last second field goal and Dayton losing on a buzzer beater in overtime to the Colorado Buffaloes. So thank you to the Blue Jackets. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you to the Blue Jackets for uh, at least lessening my sports pain on Saturday night. But really, like you said, Ryan, these uh, these games are coming against outside of the Capitals uh, win. They're coming against kind of the dregs of the league. You know, L.A. isn't all that great, and we still needed overtime to beat those guys because our offense is still terrible. We we put up five goals against New Jersey, but, yeah, look at there. There's no one on New Jersey right now outside of P.K. Subban and Mackenzie Blackwood. I couldn't name a non-rookie devil. Yeah, so Windsor. Taylor Hall. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's not real. I mean, wins are nice, but it's, you know, what, what, are, what are we really going to take from this at the end of the day? It's, you know, it, it was nice to see Jonas Corposalo get recognized as a third star for, of the in the NHL yep. for his performance last week. He played he played well against the competition that he was dealt and he seriously had a great game against um, the Washington Capitals on Monday night. But yeah, he he played all four games last week, which is another issue entirely. But you know, hey, wins are wins, and after the misery that has been this year, I'll take seeing a couple wins, even if it is against teams they should mostly be beating. My issue with the wins, I guess, I'm not getting a whole lot out of them, and the reason, primary reason, is because they're pyrrhic victories. Uh, for every two points a team is getting, they're losing one or two players. And <laughs> I mean, right now, um, you know, I'm watching a game; it's half the team is from the monsters, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself, but it's hard to to see these victories and think that any of this is sustainable because half of these players that are contributing aren't going to be here. And because the team had you know, dug such a huge hole to begin with with the non-existent offense, it just feels like, I don't know, they're going to spend a whole lot of energy just to get back even with uh, the rest of the field, but are they going to get anywhere from there? I don't feel it. So, I don't know, too many injuries that... Not exciting opponents. I don't know. Maybe it's just the end of year, blah, and I feel better about it. But Corpy just, nope, that was not a save. That was a goal. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Well. So off to a great start already in this game. But like you said, a lot of injuries all over the lineup. And let me just go through real quick as, as we're recording this on Monday night. Josh Anderson, Cam Atkinson, Emil Binstrom, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Brandon Dubinsky, Sonny Milano, Ryan Murray, Marcus Navarra, Andrew Peake, and David Savard. Now, Savard is back, and Milano is practicing. So those two are, are not really on that list. But a lot of those guys, like Petey said in Cannon Blast, were on the upswing. They were in the groove. They were starting to put it together, starting to put some some consistent performances together and now they're out for a long time i would exclude josh anderson from that putting it together okay list. yeah not all of them <laughs> not all of them but yeah i mean these are guys like bjorkstrand cam we've been we've been waiting all season for cam to finally start scoring and bemstrom looked yeah good. but cam came out just in time for a window dressing since the team was already out of it when he decided to finally start scoring but never mind yeah it has been nice to at least see oliver bjorkstrand kind of put it together you know we've been waiting for him to be what he's been the last few games and now granted th- again this is against terrible competition like I, no one no one's going to confuse this year's Detroit Red Wings for the Nick Lidstrom led juggernaut of the late 90s early 2000s but Bjorkstrain had seven points in four games before he got hurt and considering he's a he's a streaky scorer who's traditionally struggled to get going before March I'm just going to kind of take that one for what it's worth and be like, yeah, I, it's nice to see Oliver Bjorkstrand actually do something in the first half of the season. Like it's it's really, really it's really been nice to see. And then, of course, he gets hurt. We're now down our top three right wings. Um, we're missing Ryan Murray and his glass body again. It's just the the injuries are really taking a toll. And I really hope this kind of force it now, granted. It has. It's not. It has. It's not. If in, if Saturday's game is any indication, it's not going to force the coaching staff to play the kids more because Alex Winberg had the most uh, minutes at five on five on Saturday night, which makes no sense on any planet. But I would really hope this at least forces the front office to recognize what they have in some of the kids who are in the lineup and recognize the talent that they have in at least in Cleveland that some of these guys. Might not be NHL ready right now, but they are showing glimpses and could be NHL ready in a couple years. Like, 
I don't frankly see any reason Scott Harrington should ever play in this lineup again if Andrew Peake and the rest of our lineup is healthy, even if Ryan Murray's hurt. I don't. I think Peake has shown enough that he's at least worth keeping around up instead of Harrington. Like, I, w- I want the front office and the coaches have to use these injuries to key lineup guys as a chance to recognize that there is other talent, y- younger talent in the roster that deserves more minutes than a guy who has, for instance, got scored five points in his last 27 games. Well, there's a lot there for me to respond to. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I go like back to, to Brooksen real quick because I think I'm gonna give him more credit than that. I, you know, this entire season he's been a bit of an engine that's just been consistently in high gear. I think he's been driving play. He's been strong on the boards, good defensively. You know, the actual points didn't come right away, but his play has been good the whole time. He hasn't disappeared at any point that I can really think of. You know, POD started hot. And he slumped and faded. But Bjorkstrand, even if the points aren't there, his play has been. So yep. I'm much more comfortable saying that he has arrived. I think the goals come and maybe he's still streaking in that sense. But his play has been good. He hasn't really been dropping off. Good God, that was a terrible defensive play on that goal. Sorry, you're showing the replay. You know, for the young guys, eh, I mean, Torts has no choice. All these guys are getting time now. Stenlin right now is, you know, seems to be playing where Bjorkstrand was. And we'll see if he can do anything with it. I think Harrington is at that point where he's not going to see time unless multiple people are out. You know, it's a bit of a waste of a contract, but it doesn't seem like Torts has him number six on here. So, I don't know. As far as the young guys going, they certainly have a lot of opportunity right now to get themselves on the board for future seasons. But I'm also not seeing anything that's super incredible from them. Although, I think I'm just a little bit too down on this team right now. Yeah, a lot of guys up in the past week. We've seen Ryan McGinnis, Gabriel Carlson, Marco Dano, Kevin Stinlin, Nathan Gerby. Gerby's a little bit different than, than the other four guys, but you get the picture. These are players who would not be in the roster if there weren't catastrophic injuries all across the board. That said, they're doing well and they're winning. And I want to ask you guys, I know I'm talking to two guys who don't really necessarily buy into the... Uh, feel good fuzzies and tangibles part of the game but Tortorella was talking about in a press conference a 13 year old who was shattering Jody Shelley asked about the injuries and he was talking about how sometimes it shortens your bends but it also you know a little bit of adversity in the room kind of brings guys together and and it it maybe brings out things that there there wouldn't be otherwise and, and forces guys to play harder or play together whatever you want to read into that but I'm curious if if you take anything away from that or think that there's anything to a change in the room, whether it's chemistry or, or on ice or guys trying to trying to prove themselves coming up, if there's anything to that, given the recent success of the past week or so. Well, I don't think Torts needs any reason to shorten a bench. Agreed. That's true. Yeah. I think injuries, injuries just lets them have a reason to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think there is something to having so many key guys out because a lot of these guys don't know what they can do, right? They, they haven't had the opportunities. You, so they're having to play a bigger role. They're having to try things that maybe they wouldn't try if, you know, if Cam was there, wouldn't you just pass it to him? Maybe, but now maybe I'll try to do a deke or I'll try to do something else. So I think you can see those situations in game where players will just try new things and maybe they'll work, maybe they won't. Um, and I certainly want to see that. What will be interesting for me to see is, 
if these players try things that they don't normally do and they don't work, would they get stapled to the bench? You know, to some degree, some of these mm. guys have leashes that would never run out. But if you're young and, and coming up to monsters and you try to do something Milano-esque, are you going to see consequences or would you just let them play? That's what I'm hoping for. That's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, agreed. And just kind of building on that, we've we've in the in the last few years when their backs have been against the wall, that's when we've seen this team play their best hockey, their most cohesive hockey. Like last year in March, when they had to have that eight game winning streak or whatever it was down the stretch mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, they 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 found a way despite all of their issues, locker room problems, well documented, you know, disagreements among the players. They managed to somehow come together and find a way to put it together. So maybe this is just an extension of that in some way, uh, albeit with some different faces, a different cast of characters in some respects due to all of the injuries. For some, re- for some reason, this team doesn't like to play their best hockey with expectations, but once everyone's kind of written them off, then they actually decide to get it together. So maybe this is maybe this is part of that, or maybe it's just uh, a confluence of factors of, Pretty good goaltending, some goal scoring, and uh, the worst of the the worst of what the NHL has to offer right now. But it's it's kind of been nice to see at least some of the youth step forward and take advantage of some of the chances they've been given. You know, Eric Robinson scored some good goals. He and now he's mm-hmm. of course like hurt or something. Sonny Milano was playing well before he got hurt. Oliver Bjorkstrand, like you like you said, El Polito has been outstanding this season, and of course he gets hurt. But it's been nice to see some of the other young players caught, that called up that have been called up step in, like Stenland and Peak and uh, other guys on this roster. It's been it's been nice to see, albeit I wish it was in different circumstances. But here we are. I would say this McKinnis kid is really stands out. He's huge, standing in front of the net. Sorry, I'm watching. That's an in-game yes. observation. Sorry about <laughs> that. No, that's good. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna have more Cannon Cast in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We are back. And I want to just give a quick shout out to Zach Wierenski, who was injured for, for what we thought was going to be a long time, ended up coming back after only a couple of weeks. And in the three games before we were recording this against Detroit, Los Angeles, and New Jersey, three points over those three games. It took him a while to get adjusted against Detroit, but then picked up a goal and an assist against Los Angeles and another goal against New Jersey. So Zach, Zach looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, shout out to all the people who wanted to trade him. Hope oh, yeah, you look, you look okay. silly. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever wanted to trade Zach Wierenski made an enemy for life in Eric seeds. I will never let it go. Well, you probably shouldn't, but I always say, you know, if you list the top five forwards on the blue jackets, Wierenski and Jones would be on that list. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he came back, you know, full go, Clearly, he healed fast. Maybe the injury wasn't as bad as expected, but he hasn't lost a step, and he's shooting as hard as he did before. So, hey, all for it. I'm watching him now work some Islander over, so 
He's clearly comfortable. Either that or he was motivated to destroy Dylan Larkin in Detroit. <laughs> oh, one, yeah. One never knows. Oh, they were roommates. They, they were roommates. They were roommates. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think that's true. We'll have to check. Yeah. I'm not sure. But they may have been roommates. You might have heard about it once or twice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, well, Seeds, you were talking about Jonas Corbisalo earlier winning that third star of the week with his strong play recently. And so now there's been, we talked about it earlier as Elvis still searching for a win and still searching for a home date, really, because he has not been able to to get FaceTime in front of the nationwide crowd. But now you've got the, the thing where Jonas is playing well, right? And so are they chasing a playoff position? Do they need to ride the hot hand? At the same time, Elvis is just kind of languishing. And if he's not going to play here, why not send him to Cleveland? But there's not a lot of goaltending depth. And so there's, there's all these that, that play into it. But the end result is that Jonas Corbisalo is, is the guy. And it doesn't look like Elvis is going to get much time at all. We talked about it way back when early in the season. But now that Jonas is heating up and Elvis is sitting, it may be worth revisiting. So what do we think about the way the goaltending has been handled by John Tortorella? I'm going to jump in first because I know Siege might have a lot to say here. <laughs> Go for it. I would say you know, Corbisalo has been fine lately and i've moved away from for, for me that concern isn't so much about elvis not getting time he isn't but for me then that's just more malpractice from the fo because if the coaches feel that our backup goalie can't win hockey games and therefore isn't going to play him why would you not put someone in there that can mm-hmm. whether that's someone from the monsters or or finding a veteran if you know for sure that elvis can't win games or at least that's how you feel and that's how you want to play him you need to get a backup in there that can play because Corpus Allo is going to waste all this energy. No waste. If this team gets into a playoff spot, Corpus will be ridden to the ground to get there mm-hmm. and he's not going to have anything left in the tank. And, and for me, that defeats the purpose. Uh, yeah, um, I agree with that. It will, uh, it will be absolutely ridiculous if they, if they get into a playoff spot. I don't expect them to. They're, nah. I, I, frankly, I think they're too far out with too many teams ahead of them to jump. They've got, I mean, they've got one, two, three, three Metro teams in front of them, not including Buffalo, Montreal, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So if they want to get back into a wildcard position. So even if they wanted to get, even if they over, they'd have to overcome eight or eight teams and eight points. So I I don't, I think the playoffs are kind of out of the realm of possibility here, just based on sheer numbers. Jonas Corposalo has been, uh, Jonas Corposalo has been solid of late. Um, He played outstanding in that Washington game did not play well against Detroit and everyone here listening and watching knows if that was Elvis starting that hockey game, he would have been yanked after that first period when he gave up three goals on seven shots. And it's absolutely ridiculous that on the second night of a back-to-back that they didn't just sit Corpus Allo down and give him the rest before the other two games. I, I don't understand that. And I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to get an explanation for that because that's just how Torts is. My issue is that if they truly do not believe that Elvis can win hockey games right now, why is he riding the pine here in in Columbus when there are veteran goaltenders out there? You know, they just uh, Montreal just waved Keith Kincaid. Why don't we just go grab him and bring him in to sit the bench as Corpus Allo is on a 65 start pace and give Kincaid a spot start now and then and give Elvis consistent time down in Cleveland. Now, granted, we have a couple young guys down in Cleveland and Vevelinen and um, Kivlenix. Matisse Kiv- Kivlenix, yeah. So <clears throat> to me, this is kind of an error. This is a total error by the front office 
in that Yarmo screwed up and now you've got three young goaltenders, none of them who are ready to be that one B or even a backup position in the NHL. And none of them can get consistent time enough to develop. I'm putting this not at this point. It's not really Torch's fault. If that's really what the front office believes and that's what the coaching staff believes that Elvis can't win. And the two guys in Cleveland aren't ready. This has now become a front office issue where how badly did Yarmo mismanage this goaltending situation this summer without bringing some sort of veteran presence in to try to stabilize this and give Jonas Corposala the occasional break where he doesn't have to start every single game in the month of December outpacing like what Sergei Bobrovsky did last year and two years ago when he won the Vesna trophy. Like what, what he did, what, what, what the workload they're giving to Corposalo to me is just outrageous. And in, in this day and age in the NHL, and it's kind of a mismanagement by the front office to not have planned for the worst case scenario of what if Elvis sucks? You know, I'm going to, as you were talking, I, I, I guess a little lightning bolt. I mean, I wonder if they actually they did plan for it, some of this. You know, the depending how the prospects were viewed, you know, the 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 best and the, the best goalie that's not in the NHL, you know, that being Elvis, considering that he and Jonas are about are similar ages, it maybe simply have been that the front office was going with a one of these two guys will come out on top, that's who we'll go with. But the actual prospect is Bevelinen and Tarasov. They might be as simple as that. Maybe obviously, or Jonas, <laughs> weren't really in the long-term plans, and they only need one of these guys to stick and be the starter for a few years before the next generation comes up. So I don't know if that's Machiavellian. I don't think it gets to that nature, but this kind of long-term thinking where really it's it wasn't a fight for 1A and 1B, it's just a fight for one, and then the second guy will be out of here. I just made that up right now. Not me completely wrong, but eh. It might, it might work. We'll see what happens in the off season, I guess. I'm, I'm worried without not, I don't know Elvis. I don't have any idea how his brain works. We just know what we've seen with his constant willingness to bet on himself and his, his, his very goalie personality. I'll put it, you know what I mean? Like he is, he's very much suited to the role of goalie, but at the same time, he has not won over here yet. His last game was December 14th. So let's just say he starts on Washington coming back from the break on the road, which he won't. Let's just say he starts saying that's two weeks since his last game. I, he's just languishing. He's not playing. He's not, he's not winning and he's not playing. And I just cannot imagine the kind of mental toll that would take on somebody who's in a new country, in a new environment, in a new organization. And, and not that they are, are setting you up for success, but you're not getting a shot to do anything. And I, I, I am a little bit worried as to how that will affect him as a hockey player, and as a person, because that can't be good. No, I agree. He's definitely not being set up for success at all. Um, it certainly feels like the coaching staff has no interest in helping him get there. Um, and I, I don't know, I mean, goalies, because they're weird, I don't know, I didn't see the last game, you know, the uh, where he got pulled after two goals, so I don't know what kind of goals there were. But it really comes back to how Elvis views his own performance. Um, I think if, if he thinks that everything that happened is workable, he'll probably be fine. Goalies have a way of doing that. And he'll just keep playing. Yeah. Like you said, he bets on himself, and I think he would, 
if it's here in Columbus or somewhere else, he'll be fine as long as he's playing. At this point, I legitimately just feel bad for him because including the preseason to date, his only home appearance is 40 minutes in relief where he shut out the Edmonton Oilers. Like that just sucks. Like that just sucks for the kid. He didn't even get it. He didn't get an appearance at home in the preseason and hasn't gotten outside of a relief appearance where Corpus Hilo got absolutely shelled. It just sucks. Like, I, I just at this point just feel bad for the kid like that. Like that real like he came over here and wanted to make legitimately wanted to make Columbus his home and can't even get an appearance on home ice like that just sucks. That's a bummer. Maybe, you know, they, they play this Friday against Washington on the road. They're back on Sunday against Chicago and then New Year's Eve against Florida. So maybe Chicago. I don't know. Well, the word was. I think someone mentioned that towards Sederby, he'd get more playing time after the Christmas break. So that would certainly be a good opportunity to do it. Maybe maybe he'll get the Chicago game then. Who who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, like I said, the Jackets, after Monday night's game, are off for the holiday break and will be back on Friday night at Washington, who the Columbus Blue Jackets, I am hesitant to say it, have dominated as of late. So that will be fun to watch on Friday. All right, we are just about out of time here. Let's go around for final thoughts. Yeah, my my final thought is about the holiday season and uh, how much I hate traffic and store crowding at this time of year. I, I screwed up personally because I, I ordered my dad my dad's gift without realizing my father is the most particular human being on the face of the planet. And I got the wrong model of what he wanted. So I had so because I bought it from Amazon, I had to go back and return it. And this involved me going to Kohl's, which I didn't learn, which I learned the other day had uh, has Amazon like drop off points. Like you can return your Ah. Amazon purchase to Kohl's and they will ship it back to Amazon as they credit your account back. Like, that's really neat. I went to Kohl's on Saturday afternoon at about one thirty before going to see Rise of Skywalker and the line to return stuff at Amazon literally wrapped around the store. Um, wow. I commend everyone who waits to the last minute and does Christmas shopping like last weekend or today or Christmas Eve because you guys have more patience and more or, or, or you're just like soul dead inside and don't care because I can't <laughs> I cannot be out among that many people in in that in those kinds of crowds right now. Like I had I almost had an anxiety attack driving home past a Target parking lot tonight. So um, best of luck to anyone who still has to finish their Christmas shopping. Thankfully, I am now finished and I get to wrap gifts terribly tonight after the cannon cast and drink my drink some wine. So uh, happy holidays to everyone listening. And I hope everyone has a safe has safe travels if they're uh leaving their home. Well said. Thank you, Seeds. El Polito, do you have a final thought? My next few days are going to be spent trying to potty train my two-and-a-half-year-old. Merry Christmas! <laughs> so I'm sure she will be leaving me plenty of presents for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, enjoy the time off. Enjoy the time with family, if you must, um, or at least tolerate them or survive, whichever one seems to fit more uh for everyone here listening, but yeah, as I said, just have a good time. We'll get back in January. I'm sure everything will be much better, but the blue jackets then. <laughs> also well said, enjoy the holiday season. I think I'm going to see cats this week because why not? I have to see it. I'm actually very excited. My brother's coming from LA and I only see him once a year and we're going to go 
get get drunk and see cats. Yes. That's, that's like my biggest holiday plan, which is kind of pathetic. But no matter what your plans are, we hope they're happy and safe. And we thank you so much for listening. It's been almost a full year. We've done this. This is the 44th episode since, since the last trade deadline, which in February. So we really appreciate it. And we think about that a lot over the holidays or as you reflect on the end of the year. And so we're really thankful for all of you. That will do it for us. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons. Check out her album, 430. You can stream it all over. You can find out more about her at angelapearlie.com. Rate us, leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at cbjcanon and comment on jacketscanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening. Happy holidays, and we will see you next week. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.